This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 14, Episode 11. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me... This is Jeff. And this is Theo. And we have just a little bit of news and then three comic book reviews, because it was the end of a five-week month last month. First bit of news is that Batman Incorporated is coming back as an ongoing series uh, starting in October, so it won't be in solicitations uh, this coming Friday, but they've announced that it is spinning out of what Ed Brisson did in the annual this year, which we're going to be reviewing. And the starting artist, at least, will be John Timms, who also worked on that annual. What do you guys think? Well, no, actually, that's a discussion question for later, so I will <laughs> not ask that question right now. We also have the 100-page Harley Quinn 30th Anniversary Spectacular Anniversary. This that's is a heck of a name. <laughs> this is going to be like the Robin and Catwoman things. Uh, I only have one comment, which is, you know who else is 30 years old this year? Your mom. Jeez, I'm older than my mom. <laughs> no, no idea. Stephanie Brown was created in 1992. She's way cooler <laughs> than Harley Quinn. She should get a 100-page spectacular. <laughs> I was going to be quiet through the whole Harley Quinn. <laughs> of course, Ian has a way of bringing me out. Thanks, Ian. I mean, the, it's just going to go in Greater Gotham. I can't justify putting it somewhere else. Yeah, so... Harley Quinn 30th Anniversary Special. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That's it's, a book uh, that is happening. If you, want to know my, if you want to know my thoughts, please join the Discord server. <laughs> <laughs> About Theo and his vow. And his vow that he has been keeping. <laughs> Do we know if do we know who all, have they announced all of the artists? I mean, all of the creative team. They've announced mm-hmm. some of them. I don't think it's finalized yet. Because if they announce a certain, he's he's in the list. Okay, I guess I'll be reading this one, y'all. <laughs> At least one of the stories. Which one is it? Devon Cedric is in it. Oh, that's right. He is. So yeah, I will, I will continue my vow to only read Harley that has Devon Cedric in it. Yep, that's legitimate. You will, so if you only read one story, you haven't read the book. You've just read part of the book. So your vow would still be intact. Correct. Well, technically, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter anyway, since I'm reading the one person that I swore that I would only read. Oh, my God. Y'all going to have to read Cecil Castellucci. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Why? <laughs> Maybe we could skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get started on reviews. As I said, we've got three. We're going to be reviewing the Ender Shadow War with the Omega Special Issue. Uh, we also are going to review the Annual for 2022. And then Josh Williamson's last book on Batman, Batman number 124. So without further ado, let's move to Shadow War Omega. Omega. 
Shadow War Omega, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Steven Segovia, Mike Henderson, and Howard Porter. As Shadow War Omega number one begins, Geoforce recounts the death of Markovia at the hands of Ra's al Ghul. He wants revenge. And the end of the line of the Al Ghuls. The death of Deathstrokes is a desired after effect. Batman tries to talk his old friend down while Andrew Breaker breaks off her fight with Ghostmaker to attack Geoforce. Brian repels the attack, giving the Secret Society a chance to grab the body of Deathstroke while Geoforce rips the palace apart. Dravenger tries to get to her fallen father, but she is cut off by the destruction. Batman, Robin, Talia al Ghul, and Ravenger leap out of the collapsing structure just as Black Canary arrives in the Batwing. The people board while Dinah hits the afterburners to get out. Batman has ordered Batman Inc. out, and all the forces in the battle scatter. Geoforce brings down the plane, stranding the five. Geoforce creates a rock giant to destroy Talia. Robin uses a grapple to climb the giant to face Geoforce. The two fight, and Robin brings the Markovian down with a kick to the face, declaring that heroes do not kill. Batman catches Robin before the crumbling giant crushes him. Talia now has her blade to the throat of the wounded and defeated Geoforce. Robin goes to stop his mother from killing the man by telling her that Roz wanted to be better. He reaches Talia, and she relents on killing Geoforce, just giving him enough time to mount one more attack, which is quickly stopped by a kick to the face. Geoforce is taken into custody. Rose goes in search of Geo of Rose goes in search of Deathstroke. Angel Breaker escaped with the demon's shadow. Black Canary goes in search of her. Ghostmaker will continue to lead Batman Inc., and Talia turns herself into the DEO. This leaves Batman and Robin, their conversation about the Lazarus tournament and the boys' romantic life, which is cut short by a call from Oracle. Barbara reports that Killer Moth and Firefly have teamed up and are headed to and are headed for Slaughter Swamp. Batman responds, and Oracle asks if he wants to call in backup. Batman decides that this is a job for Batman and Robin. The epilogue shows the secret society with the body of Slade Wilson. They have taken him to the Lazarus Pit, and the society dumps the body in. Slade emerges from the pit with a new contract. He's going to kill everyone! This will be continued in Dark Crisis. Let's talk about Shadow War. Let's start by talking just about this issue as a finale. How did you think this wrapped things up? Are you interested in Dark Crisis because this sets it up or not? Um, uh, I, d I don't hate the story. I think we did a lot of discussing on this last week because it was basically over last week. We we got the gist of it last week or last time. But yeah, overall, I think it was confused at what, what it wanted to be. It wanted to have more in-depth characters without going in-depth in those characters. It wanted to be a mystery and a war story. It wanted to one-shot people who have immortal powers. <laughs> so... Uh... I didn't hate it. There was a lot. I'm glad Batman and Robin are on good terms at the end, which was just daunting for what's going to be coming later. But mock <laughs> uh, <Mark> wait. <laughs> overall, I'm just I'm just glad it's over. And as for what was the other one? Oh, am I looking forward to? No, I'm not looking forward to. Dark. Yeah, I'm I'm happy it's over. I every everything I held interest until the reveal of Geoforce as the big bad and just 
this notion of, of and I'm going to use my wrestling terms, turning uh, this hero to a heel, just, it was really meh. So, you know, from from the standpoint of, of this issue, you know, the only thing I was looking forward to was the fact that it was ending. I, I don't like the idea of how... Slade Wilson, of all the villains in the DC universe, is supposed to be this other big bad for Dark Crisis. Um, and, and I don't know. It's just there is nothing. There is nothing that's that's within Shadow War or what's already been revealed for Dark Crisis. That has me wanting to pick up any of it. So, no, I'm not excited. Especially when you add the fact that DC has added books to the crossover. So, if you want to know everything that's going on, you're going to be paying a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, not not excited. Not at all. I think that this was a decent ending. I like... I think the way they presented Brion as the person who wanted to kill Talia and Deathstroke, I think to some extent they made too good a case. Uh, Talia wiped out an entire country. She wiped out Mar- Markovia. Yeah, like, that's fair. <laughs> I-, I think it would be pretty fair for the the person who's hereditary king and head of state of that country to be like that's not okay. I, I must stop this person from ever doing this again. And Deathstroke, of course, is he's a very bad man. So I, I the think... The problem th- is there's no emotional punch because it was all just a statement. So like you had all these issues about the war and then the emotional punch of why it was actually happening came in like a couple of sentences. Yeah, this should have been... like I think we talked about this last time. This should have been the first issue. You know, him starting the war. Like trying to make it a mystery and also trying to make it a war ruins both because a war story you can't make the start of the war the mystery and still have an effective war in an event that's only uh eight issues long if you did a year-long event you could maybe do that but honestly a war story is much better if you just focus on you know the two sides the the different goals the different objectives the different characters who are on the sides Mm -hmm. uh just trying to make it into a mystery tears the plot structure too much in two directions. And I don't think it worked as well. Um, but when we did finally learn the real, I was like, yeah, heck yeah, I'm on <laughs> Brion's side. So I'm kind of like against the heroes. And that means it's a little unsatisfying when they beat him and put him in jail. I'm just like, but what are you going to do to Talia who destroyed an entire country? Mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing, nothing. That's the answer. Okay. Um, in terms of my question about Dark Crisis, no, I'm still not interested in Dark Crisis. I don't <laughs> care. I just do not care. We'll talk a little bit about this in Greater Gotham, but there, there's nothing about this event that makes me interested because I haven't read 90%, well, okay, like 70% of the crises that have already happened. How many events, how many, how many crises per se have we even had in the last few years? We had infinite... Um, Infinite Frontier was technically a crisis that led into Justice League incarnate, which was, you know, the the 
I think all that's part of Dark Crisis, though. <laughs> no, but, but but they considered. I thought they considered Infinite Frontier the the six issue series. Well, Infinite Frontier, leading into Justice League Incarnate, leads into Dark Crisis. At least that's how I've been reading it. It's we also true. we also have the fact that Death Metal was basically a crisis, and there were two of those, and neither were good. Correct. Oh. And or Dark Crisis has been good either. All right. So, do you like this more or less than Fear State and Joker War? I think. Trick question, Steph. <laughs> Wait, why I is like it, it less. Question? I like it less. I was I was waffling about Joker War because I wasn't a big fan of Joker War, but I think at you least you can that rank one them was... like one, two, three. Right. No. No. I would say definitely. Uh, what was that? What was that one? Fear State, Joker Fear War. State. I like Fear State, then Joker War, then this one. Because I don't think... There's a lot of things I didn't like about Joker War, but at least I feel like it was well thought out. It like, also had legitim- Jorge on the art. It had Jorge on the art. Like, there were just legitimate reasons for me not to like it on, on like, a topic level, whereas this is just poorly constructed. Because this has more Damien. I would have loved to have loved this more, but... Eh. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it- Again, if you want to know our thoughts, go back a few episodes and and listen to us as we gripe and complain about how Joshua Williamson just had too much on his plate. And this this is, again, the result of that. When all of the stuff that he's doing or was doing, including Batman, the, the DC book, and of all of them, only one was really good and the others not even close um for me if 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 i put it in order fear state joker war and pulling up in the rear way way back uh would be shadow war it's just the story wasn't great the art was even worse yeah it's not something i'm gonna remember yeah i have to say i think shadow war was much better than williamson's uh, main Batman issues, yeah. uh, the Abyss story arc, but that's really okay. not saying much because that's such a low bar. I really liked Fear State. Um, that's my favorite of the three. I would honestly put this as kind of a tie with Joker War because I really hate Joker, and even though I like Tynan, Joker War was such a Frankenstein monster, and having done the Inside Batman column project where I read through all the behind the scenes of how he did Joker War... Like, you can just see that it was insane. The editorial shifts constantly and the things he was trying to do that they said, nope, you can't do at the last minute. And so it just ends up feeling really hollow, whereas Fear State felt like he'd really gotten a chance to do a lot more. And honestly, I just actually binged through uh, Mimetic, Eugenic, and Cognetic, which is his Apocalypse trilogy. He did at uh, Boom about six years ago. And... (laughs) Fear State is really just him trying to do his Apocalypse trilogy in the Batman universe. And so there's really a lot of his heart in that story. But the crossovers with Fear State were so so much better also. Uh, well, I mean, that's a little tricky because technically all the crossovers are written by Williamson in uh, Shadow War. So there really aren't any tie-ins except for maybe the Warzone, which sucked. Sucks so hard. Well, you know, they, they had crossovers with, with Fair State, but it was just done by the regular 
writers. Right. Ram. Well, and helps that, you know, you had Ram V as one of the people, and Stephanie Phillips was doing a pretty good job with the Harley tie-ins, too, so. Um, and we never was with the parasites. Yeah. <laughs> that parasite needed to go away. Steph loved them. I love them. They're my favorite. <laughs> this this is a lie. Steph did not like them. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so, last question, and the most important question. Most important question. Will Angel Breaker matter, or be completely oh and utterly forgotten when some other new character loses her shirt? No one cares about Angel Breaker. Who cares about Angel Breaker? So, I, I'm, not, I'm not all over the internet. Do, does anyone care about Angel Breaker? Absolutely not. I've seen <laughs> zero conversation on any of the sites I'm on. And that displeases him. No, it doesn't. So what? Wait, Just hold up. Joshua, Willi- Joshua so wait, Williams wait, wait, or wait, Ian? Wait, 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 wait. So if 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 it if 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 it you bring her up every single you episode, do. like you do bring her up, like she's your comic book crush, and <laughs> I mean you talk about her like I talk about She-Hulk, and you have zero interest in whatever happens to her. It's the um. It's the Shadow War Zone. Uh, the story that was supposed to tell me more about her didn't tell me anything, so I'm, I gave up on her after that. I was really mad. We hate you. <laughs> no, this I'm... is this was a joke. <laughs> um, I just think it's funny that they gave her like so much build up and uh, cover for the War Zone, and then she's like completely forgettable character. She is. No one is going to care in she... one month about oh, her. I mean, just. Put it put it this way: She is a placeholder until Talia comes back, and I'm pretty sure she's going to go the way of all of us when the Lord calls us home. Talia's gonna take <laughs> her out, and you. Won't I just have, you won't have to worry she's about it. She's so obnoxious because they didn't do anything with her. I mean, the closest they did to doing something was that interaction between her and. Black Canary, but mm-hmm. I mean, you, you you only got so much. I don't know at what point they're ever going to bring it up again. Even though Dinah's actually, chasing. since she has a connection with Ghostmaker, she might show up in Batmanic. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm just waiting for her to go the way of uh, Roz and get shot in the head and <laughs> body body burned and. All right, let us give uh, Shadow War Omega a rating out of five <laughs> Markovia craters. I am so shocked you didn't come up with some type of Angel Breaker. Haven't I done Angel Breaker as a rating before? I don't think so. Yeah. Oh. Nah. Yeah, yeah. I like I Markovia think... craters better. It's darker. Um, I love that Bruce and Damien make up. But it's tainted by knowing that that might shatter, and uh, <laughs> Porter is still on this book, and what was supposed to be a great emotional punch was poop. <laughs> uh, two, two, two and a half. Two oh, wow. Half. Harsh. <clears throat> you think that's harsh? I was giving it a two. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, like I said, the, the interest once once Geoforce was revealed and again, once you, you saw the clues, you kind of knew who it was and I'm just like I, I don't like the idea of 
heel turns for heroes like that. I mean, even even on Young that's, Justice, that's you know, totally fair. Uh, Brion is a character with a great legacy of his of hero- heroism, and having him as the villain here is pretty frustrating. Yeah, I mean, even even on even on Young De- Justice, they, they they're portraying him kind of like an oof because he's being played by one of his own people. So I'm I'm not crazy about that. But no, this the art the art has always been bad and the story just didn't go anywhere for me. And you know, like Except for the Alpha issue. Why didn't they get Victor Vogdanovic back for this issue? It would have been so much better. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. See so I'm I'm giving this a three. What? Um wait, what? You've been wait, wait. You haven't given one yet. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. He said yes, two. I, did. I oh. said two. No, I'm saying wait because he actually gave it a three. I did. <laughs> That's more than average. Right, because I didn't hate it. What? <laughs> I have to like seriously be angry to give something a 2.5 because that means I basically don't think it's worth reading. <laughs> um, I... <sighs> So this is interesting because I don't normally buy Batman. Um, I've been buying Batman a lot the last couple of years with Tom King and James Tynan. But when Josh Williamson came on, I did buy three of his issues, but that was only for maps. So I don't know what I would think if I had to actually buy Batman um, for my own collection. Uh, I might give this a lower score if that were the case. But in terms of my just evaluation of the quality... I do think it is better than average. I think it is an enjoyable enough story that I don't, I'm not mad for having read it. God gave it a three, two. I'm about to have a conversation. <laughs> so yes, on the website, we have a uh, three. Um, this gives us an overall score of 2.63 and a mode of three. So thanks to the website, I have a mode. <laughs> do we, are we doing a shadow war overall? I thought that was what we just did in our discussion. Uh, or did you uh, want like to rate the event? The event, yeah. Oh, okay, sure. We can do that. Uh, there's so much porter art and so much porter imitation art. I know, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> even when Porter's not on it, they're trying to be like him. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Please stop. Do it, it stiff. Do it. I think there was enough. Damien Bruce stuff that was fair to Midland, (laughs) (laughs) which is better than it has been. I would give it a three on that alone, but it is not my favorite. All right, Theo, what's our event rating? I can't do a three. I'm sorry. A, a A three means it's better than average, and I just... I mean, you got Bruce and Talia kissing. You got Brian being the bad guy. It's, That's true. Right. These are true bad things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although I did kind of like the Talia kiss. <laughs> Steph is going to look for you. <laughs> I, I, I'm expecting a knock on the door from Steph. In no, no, second. no. Everyone's allowed to have opinions. I'm, I'm just art fake. Even if it's wrong. Fake things. Even if it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Why we're Americans? Americans have opinions, and they matter. It's it's hard to give for me to give it a three, even if I wanted to, because I don't think I've given 
any any of the separate issues or three or maybe one so if if I did it for one overall it I gotta be a two and a half two and a half two and a half I'm really torn here um remembering the shadow war zone really wants me to drop this drop the score uh yeah I'm gonna have to drop the score I'm gonna two seven five um because I don't I do still feel like I don't regret reading this event but that shadow war zone was really a waste of time yeah that was totally um and the art really sucked the whole time it was just not good art I don't even remember war zone I unfortunately do so that gives us an overall rating of 2.75 for this event it is a I think an under par event um, I don't think it's the worst event ever, but there we go. Um, that wraps up our Shadow War. Let's move on to Batman Annual 2022. This is written by Ed Brisson with art by John Thames. Years ago, in Madrid, Spain, as a young masked Bruce Wayne and Minkoa Khan battle would-be bank robbers, they argue about Bruce's vision, where he proposes working his way up the ladder from street thug to crime lord, dismantling a criminal enterprise piece by piece. Once he hones his skills in Gotham, Bruce wants to branch out and offer his skills and expertise to crime fighters around the globe. Koa disagrees with this plan, telling Bruce that crime fighting is an art form and artists shouldn't share their brushes. In the present, at an undisclosed location, every member of Batman Incorporated arrives for a meeting. They are greeted by Batman and Ghostmaker, also known as Koa. Ghostmaker's appearance causes some frustration, confusion, and rage, especially with Chief Man of Bats, who has less than fond memories of Ghostmaker from his experience in Shadow War. Before Batman can ask the question, uh, answer the question as to why Ghostmaker is there, Ghostmaker himself informs Bruce that he has already done research into the team on his own. Years ago, when Batman first created Batman Inc., he approached Ghostmaker, as seen in Ghost Stories, the introductory arc of his uh, this character. It was an uneasy meeting, one where Batman pleaded his case. In removing warlords and eliminating criminal threats in cities across the globe, Batman informs Ghostmaker that his actions have created power vacuums that led to even worse criminals rising to power. Batman proposes that Ghostmaker help him run Batman Inc. so these cities can have protectors that keep that void from being filled. After refusing the proposal, Ghostmaker traveled around the world and battled each member of Batman Inc. He found the team members lacking in skill, telling Batman as such in the present. Instead of asking Batman about these members, Ghostmaker, Ghostmaker wanted to see their power for himself. He presumed Batman would ask him once more to run the team, so first-hand experience was necessary. Batman tells the members of Batman Inc. that Ghostmaker is their new leader, and despite Koa's brash nature, Bruce trusts him. As his first order of business, Ghostmaker splits up the team into local and international divisions. Local divisions stay in their cities, while international members help maintain peace across the globe. This cuts the overall group in half. For the international team, their first mission launches in two hours. In a training room, Ghostmaker checks on Clown Hunter, who is struggling to overcome his exercises. The two butt heads, and Ghostmaker tells Clown Hunter he needs to overcome his anger and learn to control himself, or he'll never be good enough. 
Later, Ghostmaker assembles the international team for their first assignment. They are going to Kazbek, Chechnya. The mission is to start picking up the pieces of Lex Luthor's abandoned crime-fighting experiments around the globe, seen in the Abyss arc of Batman. In Kazbek, they are looking into Project Grey Wolf. After Luthor abandoned it, all contact was lost with the village. Upon arrival, the team splits into three groups, Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter, El Gaucho, Dark Ranger, and Batman of Japan, uh, Jiro, and Wingman and Raven Red. Quickly, Wingman and Raven Red are captured by locals. Ghost Hunter and Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter intervene, taking the locals down uh, for shooting at Batman Inc. One of the locals, a man by the name of Timur, tells the team that a virus turned citizens violent. They attacked their neighbors. That's when Lex Luthor arrived, claiming to have a cure for the virus. Luthor created a vigilante by the name of Grey Wolf, who locked up the citizens infected with the virus. When Luthor left, Grey Wolf grew more violent, and now the locals live in fear of him. Ghostmaker, Clown Hunter, Raven Red, and Wingman enter a neighboring prison where the infected citizens are kept. Ghostmaker, using trackers he inserted into each member of the team, tells El Gaucho, Dark Ranger, and Batman of Japan uh, that they're already in the prison, presumably captured. Inside the prison, Raven Red and Wingman find the incarcerated locals. Their eyes glow green. Before the heroes can do anything, Grey Wolf attacks. Ghostmaker uses this as a distraction to free the locals. His AI program, Icon, informs Ghostmaker that the locals are infected with an altered dose of Lazarus Resin. Unfortunately, Ghostmaker is too slow to relay the information to Clown Hunter, who has already opened the cells. Infected locals pour out of the cells to battle Batman Inc. Greywolf pleads with the team not to hurt them as they are sick and infected. Ghostmaker gasses everyone, knocking out both his team and the citizens. Only Grey Wolf remains standing because of his mask, and Ghostmaker asks for Grey Wolf's help in getting everyone back to their cells. When everyone wakes up, the team learns that Ghostmaker and Grey Wolf have been working on a cure for the people of Kazbek. Ghostmaker also found files from the prison computer that indicate that Timur had already been experimenting on the Lotus before Lex arrived. Timur wanted funding to upgrade the prison, which is why he sought out Lex, who obliged him for a price. When Luther left, everything spiraled out of control. After curing the people of Kazbek from the Lazarus resin, Ghostmaker offers Greywolf a spot on the team. Greywolf accepts. This is obviously the setup for the Batman Incorporated ongoing series. Uh, do you think it's a good series, good story by itself, with a beginning, middle, and end, as well as the potential for an ongoing? Yes, I actually enjoyed this story. Um, I think it's on a trajectory to continue to treat Batman Inc. as a mass of humans with no personalities. Um, so if they want to make the series interesting, they should change that. <laughs> but other than that, I actually liked I liked the little twist at the end. I liked I liked that Lex actually picked decent people. Like it wasn't they weren't just all maniacs like this wolf wolf gray wolf guy was actually kinda cool. Um it was actually a very long story and there was character beats all around and we got to see young Bruce in that I like young Bruce. <gasps> oh anyway. <clears throat> uh, and so overall I think I actually did en- I enjoyed reading this. Yeah, I I do enjoy how it, it sets up the upcoming series. Um I was not as Google Gaga over Young Bruce as Steph was, uh, but 
I did enjoy the art, and I, for as long as it was, and you could tell from the summary that it was pretty long. It, it, long. it, 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 it allowed, you know, kind of how Steph said, it allowed certain character points to really be addressed and fleshed out. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was pretty good. As they say, better than average. I thought this was really good. I have had a mostly negative impression of Ed Brisson's writing for Gotham in the past, mostly in Batman and Robin Eternal. I really didn't like his issues of that series, but he's really impressed me the last couple of years. His um, Fear State one-shot for um, Peacekeeper 01 was really good, and this is really good. So I'm actually really excited about Batman Incorporated under his writing. I really like the fact that he takes he structures this issue where he sets up the new status quo with Ghostmaker in charge and his history with Batman and the Batman Incorporated members. Uh, and then he has this whole mystery that ties into what Williamson did, but you don't have to read what Williamson did because, you know, what Lex does is classic Lex. So you don't need to have seen the whole really messy abyss plot. And honestly, it's better because that, ter- that plot was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this, I... I think it's a really great little story, and I personally hope that they spend time sort of doing each one um, like this, but, well, that gets into a different question, so I'll, I'll stop there, but I think it's a really well-constructed story. What do you think of the art by John Timms? Oh, it was good. It was lovely. It was, it, this is, yeah, I liked it a lot. The people were clean. <laughs> they looked their age. <laughs> If Steph uh, wasn't going to say it, I was, you know, <laughs> if, considering <laughs> what we had to deal with in the regular issues of Batman mm-hmm. as of late, this was, this was Rembrandt. Oh, <laughs> Re- Rembrandt like, yeah, no, T- Tim's did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know, uh, like Steph said, things were definitely cleaner. No, I am. Is Tim's going to be on the regular book as well? I can't remember. Yes, he is. He is? Okay. He's scheduled so, to be out. Well, so what I interpret that is he'll do the first six issues. Most artists seem to do six issues and then leave. Take a break. Yeah, um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I have not been liking Tim's on the Superman Son of Kal-El book, and I, I didn't like some of his stuff on the Young Justice book with Bendis, but this was really cool looking. I think that maybe he fits better in like a more Gotham type setting. This obviously wasn't Gotham, but a Batman type setting where there's darker inks and darker, a lot more blacks. Whereas the super books and young justice are going to have a lot more light. So maybe he benefits from a, a darker tone. Um, but I, I will say if you had told me before I read this about the creative team, I would have been like, eh, I don't like the writing. I don't like the art very much, but this issue is a great, you know, pilot for that series, it gets me interested because of the the way they demonstrate their skill. And John Timms really demonstrates a lot of skill. The design for this Grey Wolf character looks really cool. Mm. All of the established characters look really cool. I think it's going to be good. I was actually going to ask, did he design the, the wolf? I would the imagine so. I mean, this is the first time that character has ever appeared, I think. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if that's whose who's responsibility is to design usually so if it's an event they'll hire someone like dan mora did a lot of design work for um future state um but usually if it's just like uh an annual or ongoing the artist is going to take the design work what would you like to see from our new batman ink ongoing in terms of like villains ongoing storylines focus on certain characters structure that kind of thing all right i 
I'd be interested in having issues be specific Batman Inc. people centric. Like have it either have there be an emotional or a personal or some kind of tie to every member so that we get to know them more. So like, well, I don't want to, because I have an idea of how I would want them to do that, but <laughs> not, not, not necessarily complete origin stories, but I mean, it's been well, at least like a decade, d- decade since volume two of Batman Inc. So there's a lot of new people yep. in, in, in the universe you know, who who will need mm-hmm. to know these guys' backstories. So mm-hmm. at some point they have to do that. Again, they don't need to go full fledged origin, you know. But they, they could. So so here I don't know if they're gonna do this as a backup, like a five dollar comic or a four dollar comic, but if they do backups, ten page backstories on the members of Batman that is not would a be, bad that idea. Would be, that is I would, not a that, bad idea. That would not be a that that would be good. I would be mm-hmm. on page. I would be on board with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what I think they should do. Obviously, they're going to have to have some kind of overarching threat. I hope it's not Leviathan again because that was dumb as heck in the first Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, they're going to have something. Um, it might be Lex. I mean, he's been such a big part of this whole Batman Inc. story since Williamson brought them back. But I hope that they do sort of a rotating storyline where you have the ongoing plot line, but each issue really focuses on one of the members. So you really start to get to know them. And then the next issue focuses on a new one, so you get to know them. And then that way you start really building your emotional connection to each member, and that grows with each new issue having a new focus. So that's what I hope. I hope it doesn't go like a lot of team books go, and like you try and give everyone like a character moment. I think you need to do a rotating perspective. I think that's really how a good team book works. I mean, and you, and you can already skip over Clown Hunter and Ghostmaker. Right, because they've already had a lot of focus yeah. recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I know who the real big bad is going to be. You ready for the scene? Yes. It's going to be the Demon Shadow and... Angel Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I think that Angel Breaker is going to play into it because of the connection to Ghostmaker. I think that is probably going to happen. I'm just ready for a bullet to the head. <laughs> Uh, I think it's more likely going to be Katana to the Heart, given it's Ghostmaker. But does Ghostmaker seem like a good Batman Inc. leader? He seems like something. (laughs) (laughs) Very committal, Steph. They're definitely setting him up to have confrontation and not be lovely. And I mean, not that Batman was ever a peach, but, you know. He seems a little bit more confrontational than Batman because Batman's more my way of the highway, and Ghostmaker is more like I do it. I will kill. I will kill you. And I will kill you. <laughs> you, you know, a, a long time ago when Ghostmaker first made his appearance, you know, I said that at some point, him and Bruce are gonna come to blows. You know that will turn the anti-hero good guy that we got, you know, back in Joker War and now in Batman Inc. Um, to just go all out and try to kill Bruce and they're just going to go to blows. This might be it. You know, cause like, like Steph said, he's very confrontational and, you know, if it happens as Steph wished it, 
uh, and it's a katana to the heart of Angel Breaker. That will be, you know, the one thing that will definitely bring Bruce out. And if you don't believe me, ask Jason after he supposedly killed Penguin. And you saw how Bruce handled that one in Red Hood and the Outlaws. So this might be the point where at some point him and Bruce have that battle that I foretold way back when. Yeah, I think you're you've got something there. I think that this could really develop to a really cool, you know, battle of the brothers because they've really set up Bruce and um, Ghostmaker as sort of brothers and really caring about each other, especially if you're reading Batman the Night. There's like a real connection there. Yeah. So, let's give our Batman annual a rating out of ooh, 5 Grey Wolves. Um, I I might say four gray wolves. I really liked it. Four seems a little high, but considering, yeah, no, four. I'll stick to that four. I was gonna say three seven five. It's not. It's not. It's definitely not a three five, but it's not quite four yet. Sorry, Steph. What did you say again? I said four, but just because I haven't embraced the seven five, because I was definitely thinking seven. Maybe I'll leave. Seven five, good. I'll change it. Three seven five. So, so I would like to say that I said three seven five. I actually did all my ratings beforehand because I didn't want to be influenced by these guys. I'll change mine. I said three seven five, and that means this gets an overall rating of three seven five with a mode of three seven five. What was on the site? This is the best rating ever. Oh, oh, we're not going to include what was on the site. Oh, let's see. What's the site? The site says Three. three out of five. So that drops us the, a little bit. And the site doesn't do quarters. That's correct. The site. That's true. Well, but he could have done 0. 0.5. That's true. Yeah, we're going to have to talk to Scott about that. <laughs> All right. So that gives us a 3.56 overall, but the mode is still 3.75. So suck it, Scott. Okay. <laughs> He's listening and he cares. <laughs> Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TVU Bat Family and let us know what you think. All right. Let us begin our final review, Batman number 124. Abyss by Joshua Williamson and artist Howard Porter and Jorge Fornes. In Badnesia, a wealthy couple has a night about town now that the Batman took care of the Abyss problem back in Batman 121. Upon entering an alley, Abyss appears, assaulting the couple before the man and woman can escape. In Gotham City, Oracle calls Batman over the comm. She warns him that Abyss has been sighted again in Badnesia. Before he can answer, Oracle guesses that, given Batman's silence within the last few days, he is already overseas and on the hunt for Abyss. She has guessed correctly. 
In Badnesia, Batman finds Lex Luthor's old building torched. Inside Luthor's abandoned lab, Batman encounters Abyss. The two fight, with Batman quickly gaining the upper hand. He takes down Abyss, only to reveal that it isn't the same rogue that he fought a couple of issues back. Detective Kaiha? Kaiha? Kaiha. Saya? I have no idea. Detective Kaya has been masquerading as the villain, using villain's fear of Abyss as a way to get information about her missing parents. It's proven successful, and she now knows who took her parents. When Kaya tells Batman that she plans to kill the subductor, he tells her about the night he first visited Joe Chill, the man who shot Thomas and Martha Wayne. He returned from traveling abroad to find out that Joe Chill had been caught and confessed to the murders. Chill was in Blackgate Penitentiary, and Bruce Wayne stole a guard's gear after entering the prison. Up until this point, Bruce fantasized about killing Chill. He visited Chill's cell and waited for the murderer to look him in the eyes. It was then, Batman says, that he made the choice similar to the one Kaiha is about to make. Kaya tells Batman that her target is hiding out at a heavily guarded club on the docks. The two head to the club and bust some goons up. Abyss captures her target, demanding to know where June and Joy Kaya are. The man confesses that he killed Kaya's parents long ago. Abyss raises her hand to murder this man. When she does, she hesitates, asking Batman if he's going to stop her. Batman says nothing. Abyss strikes her target several times, then raises her arm again for another killing blow. When Batman remains unfazed, she hesitates once more, but ultimately she demands to know where the Kayas are buried. After the killer has been arrested and booked, Detective Kaya meets Batman on the roof of the police station. She asks him why he didn't stop her. Batman tells her that he's seen other people walk this road and that if he intervened, she would just wind up at this principal again. By letting her decide, he can ensure she won't try to kill again. Batman gives Kaya a way to contact Batman Inc. as she's ready to join the team. Before he can leave, Kaya asks Batman if he killed Joe Chill all those years ago. Batman tells her that he did not that he stared into the dark and saw something that scared him. It was himself. Batman leaps away. So, do you think this uh, new Williamson character, Detective Kaya slash Abyss, will be a major character in the upcoming Batman Inc.? I don't know. It depends on what Ghostmaker wants to do with her. <laughs> if she stays local, that'll be hilarious. <laughs> It still sounds weird saying that. <laughs> Depends on what Ghostmaker wants to do with her. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Pro- I mean, probably. I th- I don't think they'd have this. They wouldn't have this episode, this episode, this issue if if she wasn't. I I suspect she will be. I am hoping. That, so first of all, um, Theo was right in that you know she would be the newest member of Batman Inc. So, if anybody needs to win the lottery number, uh, <laughs> I take PayPal and cash only. Um, but I hope she doesn't take the Abyss name into the series. Um, I am hoping that since they haven't allowed Cass to take the name, that they allow her to take the Black Bat name, the Black mm. Bat name that was in the original Batman Inc. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping. I don't think I think she's going to be one of those locals that may team up with the international team from time to time. Uh, but I'm I'm hoping she 
I don't want her to have that name of Beth. It's no. It it for one for the people of the of of Badnesia, it, it's it's tied to something really horrific. So I don't think it would be wise to keep that. I agree with that 100%. I personally think that she will be in Batman Inc obviously, but probably not a huge character. But I could be wrong. She doesn't quite feel weighty enough, but could be wrong. Do you agree with the way Williamson has Batman possibly not intervening to stop a killing? It was interesting. I I think I totally agree with his logic. It's like disciplining a child. It's like, are they actually learning anything? Are they actually thinking for themselves? Are they choosing not to, you know, steal that cookie before dinner? Whatever. Um, Or are they just not doing it because they don't want you to get mad? Um, So I I agree with the logic. I think he would have intervened. (laughs) Batman's not going to let someone kill someone on his watch. Literally. What Steph said. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Steph said it kind of said it perfectly. I Batman wouldn't let someone kill. So maybe, I don't know. I feel like I understand the logic here, especially since he's basically treating this as an audition for Batman Inc. Mm-hmm. But I can't see Batman just letting someone kill someone in front of him. Yeah. So I think it's maybe a little weaker than it needed to be in there. Um, but... I still think this is a pretty decent issue. I mean, compared to the first four issues of the run, this was a really decent issue because it. No, really... no, I, I was reading through the review and I'm like, yeah, this wasn't this wasn't bad. Why did I hate this so much? And they clicked the, art, the issue and I was like, oh yeah, there the it is. Art. That, that's what it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to ask the big questions. Joshua Williamson's Batman run. How bad was it? <laughs> if we if we uh, compare this to James Tynan, Tom King, Scott Snyder, Grant Morrison, where do we think this run is going to land? <laughs> oh God, Jesus, no! Don't ask me that. I can't. I can't do that far, dude. I I have a sip for memory, and I've not really read Snyder or Morrison. But don't worry, you never missed anything with it Snyder. Was, <laughs> It it was pretty weak. I, I have a fact. I I'm not really liking that. Even though this is not the abyss, and in fact, this abyss story is better than the first abyss story. <laughs> but the fact that he started on abyss, which was horrible, and then he ends on abyss in an attempt for a redemption. Uh, this was just so weak. This is and the and the and the and the not crisis. The event was just so unpolished. Especially coming right after, whether you liked it or not, the event was very polished for for Tanyan. No, actually, I think we talked about this wow. a while back. I don't know if that was in the server or, or in our, our private chat, but all this would do, as far as including Williamson's run, it would move Tom King and Scott Snyder down the peg. Um, down a peg. Well, it would move. Uh, well, it would move Scott Snyder down the peg. Um, I was not a fan of of what Scott Scott Snyder did in in Batman. Not at all. It, it it's probably my least favorite. It's my least favorite with uh, Morrison being the best. Now the best best was. Chuck Dixon, and if you have disagreement, I will fight you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But <laughs> except for the interlude of JT, and and I'm always gonna have problems with Tom King because of everything that happened after Batman number forty nine and. I will hold that grudge for quite a long time and and mm-hmm. not even what the the promised wedding in Batcat number 12 is going to resolve that since I don't consider that continuity anymore. Um so it's it's pretty low and if you add even more of the past Batman writers it goes it goes even lower. Not great, not rememberable. Happy to move on. Welcome, Chip Sadowski. <laughs> so I am going to do it because I was the one who came up with the question. Um, my favorite of these runs is Tom King um, because Tom King did something really special for me, which is he made me want to buy Batman. And I subscribed to Batman for the first time. Uh, I fell in love with Bruce as a character. I'd always been more of a Bat Family fan before Tom King's Batman. And so he uh, made me love Bruce. Uh, whereas before I was just like, Bruce is such a dick. I don't care about him. <laughs> so you Tom really King's my top. Was that? Did you really thought that? I Well, okay. The first uh, main Batman story I really read when I got into comics was uh, War Games. And War Games is... Not great for Bruce being a good guy. He's terrible in that story. Only because your friend got killed. That's <laughs> right. Jeez. <laughs> the one thing I know about war games. <laughs> oh, look. You knew there was a reason for that. Yeah. Um, oh, because his friend got killed. So, uh, Kings at the top. I'm going to put Tynan next because I really like James Tynan's run. I thought he did some really fun stuff. And of course, James Tynan had just phenomenal artists. After that, I'm going to put... I'm just going to lump Snyder, Morrison, and Williamson together because I don't really enjoy any of them. I enjoy some of their ideas, but um, each of them has things that really drags them down for me. That's not fair. That's not fair. Oh, why not? got to put them in order. Uh, I I just kind of don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) At least we agree on Snyder. Oh. Yeah. Um, not a good run. Oh, it was you... the most popular run, though. That's the really frustrating yeah, thing. Is that sold awesome. so much? Well, and 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 I think the reason why it sold so much is is the one thing that made you a Scott Snyder fan, and you know that was, um, oh, it slipped my head. Um, Owls. Red Caputo. No. Black Mirror. Yes. Joker face. Oh. No, Black Mirror. Black Mirror is actually a phenomenal story it's amazing but that black mirror is what made scott snyder and mm-hmm. and and to be fair he deserves to get a lot of praise for that story it's really great yeah but you know but again it set him up for batman and batman for me you know and and for all the issues that i've read um and all the writers that have been a part of the Batman mythos. It just, for me, it just fell totally flat and it only got worse with zero year. Once zero year kicked in, it was just, and I was completely done by super heavy. 
Super Heavy couldn't end quick enough. Scott Snyder, for me, basically starts off with amazing ideas and amazing uh, just energy. And then every ending issue of Scott Snyder is blah, 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 science, blah, 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 science, blah, 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 punch, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's done. I hate his endings. They're terrible. Even, but he doesn't have endings. Even at the yeah, end, he just of, stops. Even at the end of, of of the Batman run, there you you had that that you. I don't even want to call it a transition to Tom King, but like you said, it just stops. And, and if you look at every single series that Scott Snyder has ever done. Whether it's no justice, whether it's whether it's dark, uh, heavy metal, dark metal, whatever, it's all the same. At the end, you think you're getting the end of the story, and it's nope. <laughs> it's the next thing. <laughs> I just that I I do not like that way of writing. It's just I need to I need a story to end. I am really curious to see if we get haters for this because Scott Snyder he, is still really popular. But I, I honestly believe everything at, I just said. I think he is really at good at me, starting stories and really terrible at ending them. Batman, un, Batman fan underscore for life. If you, uh, you will not change my mind on <laughs> my thoughts on Scott Snyder's run. And 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 believe me, I am man enough and bold enough to where when I met him and Greg Capullo. Greg Capullo in Detroit last year, I point blank told them how I did not like the run. And he remember our conversation when the story came out that he was taking over justice league and how I was not happy with that. So no, it, no one is going to change my mind about how I feel about Scott Snyder on, on Batman. It was, it was one of the weakest runs of the Batman mythos and, no one's changing my mind on that. I, I certainly won't try because I agree with you. Nope. All no, right. Um, please, if you are angry at me on Twitter, at me on Discord, we can have a conversation. But I, yes, I believe can. it. But you're not changing our minds. No. Nope. nope. <laughs> um, so to sort of wrap up our question about Williamson's whole run... Do you think that the fact that this is so short is playing into how much we, we really aren't enjoying it? Because I think all of us are putting it in the lower half of the runs. Agreed? Oh, yeah. No, I just think there was such high expectations. I think that's part of it. It's kind of like when to to Tomasi came to Detective. Tech. Like, you didn't, but but Theo and I had such high expectations for it. We were so excited. I remember someone, the guy who, who was reviewing it at the time. I forget who was reviewing, but he was like, "We I, made a shirt on the on the shop. We have a we have a TV shop, and there was a shirt. This is just give me Tomasi. Like we were so excited, and then I mean, it was a terrible run. <laughs> And is this is the same? Like Robin was so good. We were so excited for Tomasi or for for Williamson to come and then we got that abyss story and it was just horrible and and then even so I think if he I don't think my opinion would have been so low if he hadn't started so low uh, I still have a would have felt the same and I think, less, but ugh. I think part of the problem was is 
was, is, <laughs> that one, he was doing too damn much. He just had too much on the plate to really delve into Batman the way Batman needed to be delved into. And two, I am 99.9% certain that the decision was already made. This was going to be a short run. This, you, Joshua, yeah, we're bringing you on, but you are transitory. Don't expect to be here, you know, long term. We already got our guy that that's going to take over. That's going to be the new JT. And that probably ruined it as well. See, which was different from Tomasi because Tomasi was supposed to be the writer and it just went nowhere. But I don't think it is likely that Joshua understood he was not. Yeah, he was going to be on Batman, but he was not going to be on Batman for long. And you kind of saw it with even with Tom King. Once it was realized Tom, Tom King was going to be short. 15 issues and things were going to end at 85. What was already, in my opinion, what was already bad got worse. And I just think Joshua knew this wasn't a long-term deal. And he already had a whole bunch of stuff that was going on. And it's just, it's sad that the, the main book of the Batman universe suffered for it. I I am not against short runs. I mean, Black Mirror is only 11 issues. Year one is only four issues. And I think almost everyone would say year one is one of the best Batman runs of all time. So I think that telling a shorter story doesn't mean a run has to be lesser. Mm-hmm. I just think that this was a lesser run. I just don't think that it had the heart or the, the brain behind it. There's just a lot of plot holes and a lot of mm-hmm. drops threads and stuff but let me just say this how long has it been that we've had a short run for issues that's been a long time that wasn't meant to be a transitory run right because tynan well tynan was originally going to be just the um 15 issues up to 100 he he managed to get himself the extra uh, basically 20 issues. Right. But again, that's 15 issues compared to Abyss. You know what I mean? Yeah, Abyss, that, Abyss so Abyss was Shadow four, War. then you get the two for Shadow War, and then you get one more. So that's seven issues of Batman proper. You know, James Robinson, Brian Edward Hill, and their many runs on Detective, again, they were meant to be short. They were meant to be transitory. Right. And I think I think Joshua Williamson's run was meant to be transitory too. I, I just don't think they had any plans on him being Batman long term. And just like we're gonna see next week when we talk or next episode when I talk about Detective, this last arc of Tamaki's, it just ends <clears throat> because at that point she knows it's over. And it just it falls flat. Spoilers, but I I just think you know again he had already had a whole ton of things going on. Robin, Deathstroke, Inc. Uh, prepping for Dark Crisis, doing Justice League and Connet, all those things going on, and like, hey, we want you to do Batman too, but it's only 
till we bring Chip Sadowski on and the effort wasn't there. I mean, it, it just wasn't good. So, I mean, the sad thing is that his Robin run is one of the best titles going right now. If he'd been able to do the amount of love and focus and preparation for Batman that he'd done for Robin, I think we all would have been like, yeah, this Batman is great. But like all the energy and all the prep was in Robin. Everything else just felt like he was like, I have this story. I'm going to tie this into my story. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you if you guys could hear, you could see some of the stuff that we talk about in our private chat for the podcast. As soon as it was announced that he was leaving Robin, we went off. I mean, the one we book, were very sad. The one sad. book we wanted him to stay on, and he's leaving because it was the most what he did on Robin, and we know he was doing he was doing Deathstroke Inc. first, wasn't he? Was that a launch title? I can't remember if Deathstroke Inc. was the launch title. It came out before Robin. I think it was later. I mean, because it was such a weird staggered launch because he started with like the main titles, Batman, whatever. And then Robin was like three months later. Right. Cause, cause he, and he I did feel the like two- Deathstroke Inc. was like one month after that. Because he did the two backup. He did the two backup stories that spun off into Robin. I can't remember. But so Deathstroke Inc. Is, is younger than Robin because Robin's on issue 14 and Deathstroke Inc. is on issue 9. Okay. But I just... It, 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 we're very sad to see him going, Robin. And really? I, especially, really. Considering, especially considering what we're about to get. And, and I say that as a Mark Wade fan. You know, he's the writer of my absolute favorite AU story in Kingdom Come. Um, but I'm not excited about Batman versus Robin, especially considering we've already had that multiple times. We don't need it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're going to miss Josh on Robin and we're going to mope and be down about it. But unfortunately, I'm not going to miss him on Batman. I'm just not. Um, and lastly, do you see any setup for Zdarsky at all here? Because I kind of don't. <laughs> nope. No, especially if he's, I mean, we're, and this is full, con- well, for me, <laughs> it's full conjecture. But if the he's going to my virgin eyes haven't read the spoilers yet. But if he's doing anything in any way related to his Black Label, is it Black Label? The um, no. the night no. Oh, oh, well, whatever. The night, um, no. Then the no. That's main continuity. Is that really? Yeah, oh. main continuity. Because because I've been you know because I've been begging the question: Is he going to integrate the night into his Batman run? And I, I would love for him to do that. I think he should. I think he it would should. be great. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think so too. Mm-hmm. That's a really dis- good story. I would be highly disappointed if he doesn't. I mean, come on! You're writing Batman and the Batman origin. You gotta, you gotta integrate that. Oh, plug for all y'all out there! If you're not reading Batman the Night, you should be reading Batman the Night. Oh man, art and writing—really mm-hmm. solid stuff. And who's the artist, Ian? Carmine D. Gian Domenico. Carmine D. Gian Domenico. <laughs> or, or if he does, and, and I said this as also in the past, once he was announced as the main writer. If he does it like his dead devil, I would be all over that as well. How do you mean? Just the the, the backstory with with 
And again, I'm speaking because I already read the issue. But it's just the characterization of of Daredevil and and what he went through, even getting put in jail. And damn it, Steph and Junior Virgineers. <laughs> also, the podcast is not a spoiler cast. <laughs> Yes, I, I have loved what I've read of his Daredevil. I'm not fully caught up, but I did just read Devil's Reign, and if he can do that kind of, like, really good character work, good moral themes, good just yeah. good writing, this Batman run's gonna be great. And it's just awesome. So, I mean, you know, that for for decades, you know, as a, as a comic reader, you know, th- th- that one crossover that everybody has always wanted between Marvel and DC, other than Batman, Spider Man, and all the other craziness, but they wanted to see a Frank Miller Daredevil Batman crossover, and I know he did an interview once where he actually had a pitch for that story. I would pay to just get that pitch because <laughs> those two characters have so much in common from a persona standpoint, from a mentality standpoint, I would just, they're both just, they just both have a dark persona about them and what they do and how they do it. And I would love to see a crossover with those two. And I would love to have seen Frank Miller of old do that crossover. But I could take one from Chip Zdorsky too. Yeah, I don't see any setup here for Zdarsky, um, because really it's set up for Batman Inc. wrapping up Williamson's run and sort of tying into Dark Crisis, so that was more Shadow War. And you know, that's fair. This is a filler arc. It's not necessary for the, the guy who's writing his own stuff to set up someone else's stuff. I mean, Tom King definitely didn't set up James Tynan. Uh, James Tynan definitely didn't set up uh, Josh Williamson. It's kind of just the the way the business works. So let's give the final issue of Josh Williamson's Batman a rating out of five abysses. Three abysses. Oh, wait, we didn't do the backup. Shoot. No, well, <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> I'll read it. I'll read it. <clears throat> backup for Batman 124, written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Danny. After Fear State, Poison Ivy finds herself in her former Eden. After combining her two parts into one and using her powers to save Gotham, Ivy finds that she is losing her powers and the connection to the green, the mystical union of all plants that you read about in Swamp Thing. The gardener comes in to check on Ivy. In her state of distress, Ivy accuses Bella Garden of wanting this loss of power. Bella pushes back, telling Ivy that she remained only half of herself, Eventually, she would have faded away. When the Ivy te- gardener tells Ivy to go back to Harley Quinn, Ivy refuses. She's not one to be told what to do. She's going to get her powers back, and there's one man who can help her. Bella pleads with Ivy not to do it, but Poison Ivy's made up her mind. As her powers fade even more, she finds her solution from the one man who could help her. It's in a vial, and is a kind of fungus that she breathes in. When a vehicle pulls up to the desert wasteland Ivy has traveled to, a different poison ivy takes the hand 
offered to her. Why does this story even exist? It's just a 10-page trailer for the Poison Ivy miniseries. It is. And so here's the thing about Poison Ivy and and, and Harley Quinn. They're, they're sex symbols. Like, the whole point, not the whole point, but a large point of them is how attractive they are. So why would they pick this crappy artist? <laughs> Ugh. I hate the art. I hate the story. I hate the fungus. I hate Ivy. But I I was her defender in that one Harley issue where Harley was like, you need to have your own redemption story. And I was like, you go, Ivy. You go, girl. Maybe this, this story arc is going to be your redemption. And if it is, it is starting out rough and gross. Yeah, I definitely have a problem with the art. However, I understand why, or at least I I think I understand why they selected this artist. And if you haven't read the first issue of the Poison Ivy series, you're going to see why. Um, Because we're surely going to talk about it in Greater Gotham. But... Yeah, this was nothing more but a trailer, just to get mm-hmm. everyone set up for series, the, the Poison Ivy series. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's forgettable because there are things that goes on in issue one that uh, falls back on it. Now, there, if I can remember, there was also, there's other stuff going on in other books, and I want to say Harley Quinn. No, no. In the Pride book that we're going to do in uh, Greater Gotham, also that kind of all plays into what's going to be happening into issue one of Poison Ivy. But yeah, like Steph said, it's it's pretty gorgeous. This just feels like it's a last minute thing slapped in the book because they need a backup. I don't like it. Well, you you all know my thoughts about backups, or at least the backups as of late and how they just have absolutely nothing to do with mm-hmm. the main story and it absolutely does nothing with regards to setting things up although we know this is setting up uh poison ivy and um yeah i'm not i'm 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 going to be down on this until we get some backups to actually back up the main story. Let's rate this out of five abysses. Well, now that you've mentioned the backup, and I have promised to take the backup into account when I rate, I'm going to give this a two and a half. I will do a two, seven, five. I'm going with three, because that's what I said. Um, Mm -hmm. I really do think this was a much better... This is the best solo issue. Because it's a great standalone story. It does build on stuff. It's full circle. I like the character of Kaya the way Josh Williamson writes her. Um, if every issue of Batman had uh, been this level of quality for Williamson's run, I wouldn't be nearly as happy to see Zdarsky. But, you know, this is kind of like, you went out on a higher note, Josh Williamson. Let's let's go with that. Um, on the website, Scott gave this issue a two. So <laughs> we have two, 2.5, 2.75, and three. So no mode makes me very sad. Uh, overall score of 2.56. Oh, that was a lot. <laughs> oh, that's what happens on these um, these weeks where we have to cover three. We get into it. And 
We've got a lot of Greater Gotham to cover too, so let's get started on that. Alright, again, thumbs up, thumbs down, or neutral. Or abstain if you didn't get to it, like I forgot some of the books today. <laughs> Justice League Road to Dark Crisis. I'm going to give that an abstain just because I only read the Dick story in it, and I, I liked that, but only because he was in denial about the whole thing, and I appreciated that. Abstain. Again, I'm not excited for Dark Crisis. I am also not excited for Dark Crisis, but... Stephanie Brown mm-hmm. fought Nocturna in this issue, and this is the third time Stephanie Brown has thought no- fought Nocturna. So I am claiming, number one, that Nocturna is Steph's deutero-nemesis. Her main nemesis, mm-hmm. of course, is her dad, Cluemaster. But Nocturna is now a recurring villain for Stephanie Brown. Also, Clayton Henry did a really great job of drawing her, and Stephanie Phillips did a good job of writing the story. I'm going to give this a thumbs up. I thought it was a really fun issue. Lots of really fun little pieces of characters. I viewed it more as an anthology of just different stories happening at this time. I don't really care about Dark Crisis. But um, lots of good art. I'd say it's a, a decent buy. Poison Ivy number one. Wait, did we skip Dark, dark Crisis? Oh, sorry. All right, Dark Crisis number one. Neutral. And the only reason it's not a thumbs down is that we get a Damien John team up, even though it's an aged up John, and I'm not excited about Dark Crisis. Well, if you won't do a thumbs down, I will <laughs> thumb down. And as much as I love Damien, uh, one the, the 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 fact of him being in the Justice League, he's not Dick Grayson. Sorry, I just I don't see that. Batman, the Batman and Robin is the extent I will go with with Damian Wayne. So, him in the league is I'm not excited about that. I almost said, but Damian would be John's connection to Batman, but he actually does have a very strong friendship with Dick as well. So either would have been acceptable. I'm gonna give a neutral just because the art's really good and there are decent moments, but I am I'm not an event guy. We probably won't be covering this a lot. Poison Ivy number one. Thumbs down and a hard pass. And honestly, it's mostly because of the subject of the art. It's not even the art itself. The sl- I like Marcio Takara. I think he's a the good artist. The fungus is so gross, and she is just... Killing everybody. <laughs> killing everybody. It's not enjoyable to me as someone with tetraphobia. And, and, and when we say... We say everybody, but we should say just everything because even animals aren't mm-hmm. safe in this issue um i am gonna give it a neutral but my neutral is trending up only because only because i didn't get what i expected now again like steph said it is gory the fungus is ugh. it you know, you look at those things and it just starts to make you itch. That <laughs> that's poison ivy number one. When you when you see how this fungus just takes over and kills everything, including the poor cows who the poor cows don't do anything but eat grass and mm-hmm. give milk and poop, which fertilizes the grass. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what you what you doing that for, Ivy? But yeah, neutral. Um, I'm also doing neutral because the art is really good. I do like uh, Marcia Takara. 
Um, it's not a thumbs down because it's not pretending that Ivy did nothing wrong and she is murdering a ton of people. So either this is going to result in full villain Ivy or it will result in an actual redemption where she has done wrong things. But I just don't like Poison Ivy. Um, I don't like villains in general. So like a villain book is a hard sell and Ivy in particular, just because of the way the fandom has warped her narrative. I'm just not into it right now. Says the person who loves Joker. <laughs> I love the title Joker because it's a James Gordon title. Joker yeah. himself can go die. Sure. Get barbecued. Uh, well, maybe not that. I was not happy with the uh, the cannibal issue. <laughs> all cannibal all the time. I, I am not super happy about having that in my collection. Uh, DC Pride 2022. Um... We have several stories that feature back characters. We have Super Pride, which John and Damien. Think of me with Damien and um, Connor Hawk, uh, former Green Arrow. Bats in the Cradle with Kate. Up at Bat with Barbara and um, Alicia. Special Delivery with Tim and Bernard. The Hunt with Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. And Finding Batman, telling the story of Kevin Conroy and how he... Um, his experience as a gay man played into his playing Batman on the animated series. Super Pride was neutral. So, so, so preachy. I I just, I don't like Superman. Like, Superman in and of himself is preachy, and then preaching about, anyway, whatever. Bringing, anyway. Wait, you don't like the character Superman, or the title with John right now? I don't like the title with John, and I don't like Superman in general. You don't like Clark? I don't! He's so pure, so, so when boring. You say, interesting. So when you say Superman, you mean Clark Kent or I mean Clark Kent? Yeah. yeah. Don Kent. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dean Cain will always have a special place in my heart, but <laughs> oh god, <this> terrible. <laughs> um, think I'm of a me Todd was... Welling guy. So a lot of these, and Think of Me was one of them, and hey, but... he never wore the suit. But he's such a pretty Luke Skywalker with dark hair. But listen, so think of me. So I, I don't know who the target audience for this book was because some of the stories I were gay like people and allies. So see, that's what I'm thinking. But so some of these stories were like definitions of things and just basically describing how they live, which is informative. But I, I, I don't know. It wasn't it's really like a very story. after school special. Yeah, so Think of Me was very, like, this is what an asexual is. And so I was like, oh, thank you very much. Kind of already knew that. But thank you very much. That was helpful. Um, was not a very interesting story. Uh, it wasn't a story. Uh, yeah. Up at Bat was okay. That wasn't too bad. Um, it was Bats a story. It was a story. It was a story. Yep. A lot Bats of these the aren't cra- really stories. It's true. Bat- Bats in the Cradle, even though that one wasn't really a story, I really liked that because that was about a father's No, that one was a story, I would say. Uh, what you say? But I really like that. That one was a, a, at least a character study, and I really, really like that one. Um, the special delivery with Tim. If I have to read one more Tim and Bernard story about Tim talking about how happy he is that he's with Bernard, I'm going to vomit. Because Bernard's Thumb- not a character. He's a prop. Bernard's not a prop. Thumbs down. Um, and then The Hunt was weird, neutral. And then Finding Batman. Oh, my God. I love it. Had me in tears. I yeah. was I was so emotional about that one. Thumbs so far up. All my thumbs, all my toes up for that one. The Kevin Conroy story was is the reason why this this book is a neutral for me. 
I absolutely loved it. Now, I will be honest. I had no clue that Kevin Conroy was gay. And, you know, because I I don't go out saying, is he gay or is he straight? Is she she gay or is she straight? Is she Mm -hmm. bi? I don't don't do that. I see people as people. And, you know, I've met Kevin Conroy many times at many cons. And that stuff, I mean, people don't wear stickers or anything like that. And so until this story came out, I had zero clue, you know, which is really what it's supposed to be all about. When some of these things come out, it, and I've said it before, I always appreciate things like pride month and things of that nature, but I hate how publishers take advantage of that. And, I will always call it cash grabs. Like anything that has Tim and Bernard right now, I bypass. That is the ultimate PR stunt cash grab out there. I mean, and the fact that they even put it in Wayne Family Adventures webtoon really pissed me off. It was not needed because, and I think Ian said it best Bernard is nothing but a prop, and it just makes the story seem so fake and just so authentic and I hate it. Um, so, you know, I bypass stuff like that, you know, because it, it just doesn't seem real, but it, it's a neutral for me because j- j- some, I just don't like the idea of there are ways by which you can, you can show pride and don't just limit it to one month. And I just think, yeah, where's my, uh, Batwoman series that doesn't suck guys. (laughs) Exactly. You know, we, we have had, we have so many representations of the LGBT community that just get forgotten in DC. Let me tell you, Marvel didn't, Marvel doesn't have to do a pride issue. They don't have to do a Marvel Voices for Pride Month because their their characters are all over. They take the time to develop their characters and introduce their characters. Their characters have their own series. But what DC does is the crap that they do in Urban Legends and just break Tim and Steph up off panel and just, oh, hey, John, I'm going to age you up at 17. Oh, yeah, we're going to make you bisexual, too. Just no development. It's, and and they expect us to to just accept it. And I just I just don't. It's just it seems so fake in how they do some of these stories. You know, like Ian said, Batwoman has been around for decades. Where's her where's her book? Give me cake. I will love a Kate Kane book. I I was enjoying that run with Marguerite Bennett and James Tynan, and then it kind of went overboard. I, I, it's a neutral for me, uh, but DC got to do. DC has to do better, and it just it just feels it it feels so fake to me in how how they're doing it. 
I have to say this is a this is a thumbs down for me. It uh, it doesn't feel. If they were publishing a Batwoman and a Midnighter series, I would say yeah, sure. Nope, it's, it's like they save all their, their gay characters for June. That's it. Mm-hmm. Thumbs down. It's fake. It's it's it's, it's that cash grab. Hey, you know, well, worse. It like takes characters and like it quote unquote saves them for Pride Month. Like no. If they're if they're good characters, make series, put them in, put them supporting characters, put them in the universe. Don't like make a month where it's just like, oh, we're gonna see this character once a year. It's June. See the character again. No, that's 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 crap. Definitely. Um Batman Beyond Neo Year number three. Thumbs up, it was so good. I love the new character. And actually as I was reading it, they kinda have this like flirtiness. But she's also her own, like, awesome character, and she hates Terry, and it's great. And I'm reading that, and, like, in this, like, half issue, they have given one new character more personality and made her interesting and made me ship them, even though they don't like each other, which I guess is part of it, than than Bernard ever did. Like, those are actual thoughts I was having. Steph has (laughs) hate-to-love trope imprinted on her heart. I do, I do. And who can blame her? It's a great trope. So I'm going to abstain, but actually, we, when we were talking about this earlier and Steph was expressing her love for the issue, I said that I was going to take a look because I, I was I was turned off to Neo Year after issue one. And, you know, I haven't read it since, but uh, Steph has... You don't need to. <laughs> Just read this issue. You don't have to read the first two issues. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Theo. I, I was not... I didn't read this, so I'm abstaining, but now I'm going to because Steph has really <laughs> sold me on it. Yeah. All right, uh, Dark Knights of Steel, number seven. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs it, is up. Getting, it is getting fiery. Yep. <laughs> I think I abstain. I don't think I read this one. Come on, dude. Just, just one issue. One I read issue. one recently. I can't remember which one because I didn't think it was very good. I mean, I mean, this one is... Okay, so this is the Titan. So he finds the Titans and they're all... Oh, t- I did this first one. Thumbs down. <laughs> okay, Batgirls number seven. Thumbs up. The art didn't suck. There weren't a hundred bad guys, and I could follow what was going on. Those are my standards for this book. I'm going neutral. I really miss the art. <gasps> Wait, hold, hold up, hold up. I have to interrupt in this one. So I know Theo said that that he was abstaining moving forward. However, and, I, and again, post this in the server. The writing is still terrible, but the art by Rodriguez is absolutely chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Mwah. Mwah. If y'all want to have Jorge Corona, just do the covers from now on. By all means, do it. But that art in issue seven was absolutely gorgeous. It's still an abstain for me because the story is terrible and I don't want to talk about it. But that art, like Steph said, was... <sighs> and I know, I know Rodriguez is not on there for long, but oh, it was so good. Sorry. Well, an interesting issue of Batgirls for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Batman Urban Legends number 16. Thumbs up, and guess why? Guess why it's a thumbs up? Why? It's all over! All oh, the stories are over! They're all done! 
That's not a good reason for thumbs up. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so happy. This issue oh, sucked. This it was terrible. Was so, was so bad. <laughs> so, but, but let me just say, let me just say, what what makes I'm I'm gonna give this a neutral. Now it's a neutral trending down because again the whole issue was terrible. What mm-hmm. the one thing that I absolutely loved is after Bruce gets his ass whipped by the by the bear, and everything is going crazy. Ace shows up and you know Joker's there and he's like, oh. This is my dog. Like, yeah, get him. <laughs> but other than that, the issue was terrible. Thumbs I like all the way down. Alfred. This one I... sucked butts. I <laughs> like seeing Alfred, but especially that... the Birds of Prey issue. The Birds yeah, of Prey oh, issue. No. I want to burn. It's so bad. It's so bad. I don't. Even, I can't even remember how that ended. You don't want to. It's terrible. I didn't. I didn't read it. I just. I read it. it. It's awful. It's so bad. <laughs> And, and 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 like I said, it, when the best story is the A story, that says, at least in my opinion, that says a lot. Does it, the Bruce Satana story? Cancel this title, please. No, don't no, cancel it. No, put good things in it. Yes, they have. They have had this title going for a year and a half, and they have not put good things in it. They put the, a few good things. In it. I like the Grifter. I know you guys didn't, but I liked Grifter. That Grifter story was so... Okay, <clears throat> we're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on to Oh, we're it. moving on to something the, worse. The, the, DC the, Pride, Tim wait, Drake, wait, special the, number one. Wait, 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 oh. wait. I gotta say this, though. DC, note to DC. Mariko Tamaki's not doing anything right now. <gasps> oh, yeah. her in Urban Legends. Yeah. As long as she doesn't do a Mr. Teat story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. DC Pride, Tim Drake special number one. Thumbs down. It was barf. T- it, it, it was a reprint. It wasn't even. It, I mean, well, there I was like seen... a new eight page story at the end. Yes. At the very end, there was the new stuff. It was just a reprint of Urban Legends. <sighs> and we gave those stories thumbs down. So yeah. still thumbs down. Um, again, Ash- Bernard yeah. is a prop. And worse, they turned Stephanie Brown into a prop. I will say this. Steph and Cass and the and the Teen Titans, no, Young Justice, they all looked gorgeous. Like, Balin Ortega's art made me so angry that it was wasted on this story. But this story is awful. Everyone's a prop to Tim's story, and it's really frustrating. And the thing that got me, Connor's there, and Connor's like, you do know you need to talk to Steph, right? And what does he do? He doesn't talk to Steph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we get the breakup that happens in off-panel land. They give us the opportunity a to say... A year ago. Yeah. We, we, they, they put the opportunity to say, hey, you may want to... Well, she's been avoiding me. That's not the story I got. Oh, I forgot you all talk. What the hell? This story makes me kind of hate Tim. Like, I love Tim, but this story is like, he's terrible. I will, I will only say spoilers and i'm i'm i am not excited about tim right now everything that dc has been trying to do for the past year or not with tim drake makes me like him worse he as far as robbins he's always been my least favorite and this is not making it any better and I don't want to. I don't want to sound bad when I say this, but the notion of making Tim gay, bisexual, or whatever 
was a terrible move. And the way that they did it was terrible. And the way that they are now presenting it makes it worse. Where it's just, again, go back to my previous statement. Everything just seems so fake. And I hate it. Again, this is the one thing that DC should be following Marvel's model for. With how they develop new characters that are representative of all classes and genders and non-genders. This crap from Urban Legends and that little eight-page story and the fact that they won't even give closure. They won't even give us closure to the whole history of Tim and Steph and their relationship. It's just a total disservice. And I think it does I think it does worse in what they are attempting to do. Future State Gotham number fourteen. Thumbs up. Okay, so I, if you have to read what you said. I'm going to read what I said to to them this week. Um, I'm not going to stop reading this book, even though it has jumped the Megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> I love this dumpster fire. and this. So I, I compared it to a dumpster fire at a toy store. It's like I'm seeing all my favorite toys being burned to crisps, and it's okay. I'm here for the fire. It's okay. There are... Four five, Batmans. Five. 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 I had to write the five, review five, for this. There are five of these five, suckers. Five Batmans. There's Damien who's calling himself Batman 666 for some reason. There's Batman, Bruce Batman. There's Hush Batman. There's Dick Batman who has the most amazing for sale toy costume of all time. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're saying that's sarcastic. And then Jace. Who, who is there. Is there. And it's fantastic. <laughs> so, memo to DC. This, on the other hand, is a title that you can cancel. <laughs> Please, no! set me free. I want to stop <laughs> writing reviews of this. <laughs> Thumbs I was, I- all the way down. I was already done when the whole oh, I'm Batman 666. What? <laughs> Man, what, what? I just <laughs> It's so bad. End in so out pain, please. <laughs> Except Steph, she's enjoying it somehow. I'm enjoying the pain. I'm a I am Batman number 10. Um, thumbs up? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. It's good. So, I've been thumbs up the last few issues but i'm kind of neutral this time i don't i don't know there was something about it that didn't excuse me there was something Remind about me what happens in this issue again yeah I catch the baddie which baddie the the guy with the, the painter spiky dude? iron yeah the painter i don't remember i think i didn't i think i forgot to read this no it, well it's a neutral for me i feel like i might have but if i did it would definitely be a neutral because i completely don't remember Uh, and we're ending up with Batman Killing Time number four (sighs) neutral because I think I'm confused this is definitely a book that I'm going to have to sit down with once it's all done with like a pen and paper and an Excel spreadsheet (laughs) I don't know what's going on but I think I'm enjoying it (laughs) thank you for enjoying it until she reads the next issue and she's like I hate this burn it 
I, I abstain. I missed this issue. Thumbs up for me. Actually, I mean, I've always loved David Marquez's art, but I'm starting to really sort of figure out what Tom King's doing, and I'm really liking it. Um, I thought I wouldn't. I, I started out really negative on the series, and I'm Tom can suck me in again. <laughs> Maybe he'll lose me in the end, but I'm thumbs upping right now. You know he will. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Sorry to interrupt, Master Booth. Ringing your phone now. This needs my attention. From YouTube, Matches Malone says, Hi, reporting back. The Shadow War event turned out to be boring and disappointing. Williamson looked promising, but what he's written for Batman has been just as disappointing. What a shame. Dark Crisis has failed to grab me. The Road to Dark Crisis issue has been the most interesting of the three that have come out. But it's not amazing either. The Joker series fell off a lot towards the end. The rush to finish it, I guess. There was a lot of potential for a series that would entertain us for years to come. But hey, I'll still be rooting for Batman here. I want to read Chip's stories already. I'm also currently reading the four Spawn series. Batman Superman World's Finest, Nice House on the Lake, Alien, Obi-Wan, Department of Truth, and very anxious for the return of Human Target and the end of the Batman Catwoman series. Thank you so much for your great work. I listen to you every chance I get. Aww. Fun and full of knowledge. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I think we kind of agreed with you on a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, except I think Joker series is still really awesome. We'll see how the last issue comes. It's been delayed till June, July. So kind of frustrated that it's been like three months before we get the end of the series. But I really love the last issue that we got. I need for you guys, before you let this thing play, I need for you guys to rewind like five seconds to hear what Ian just said. <laughs> that that same Ian who hates villains. But I hate villains. And yet true. one of my favorite books of the last six years is Deathstroke. Oh. <laughs> and Joker. Well, Joker, I, I have the excuse that it's a Jim Gordon book. I don't really have an excuse for Deathstroke. <laughs> Except it's Priest, and he's awesome, and I can't wait for Black Adam. Woo! All right. Um, thank you so much, Matches. Great, great stuff. Um, really good comment there. I'm hoping that lots of people get super mad at us about Scott Snyder and write us lots of angry letters so we have lots to talk about next issue. Um, if you want to do that, please join our Discord. Uh, just go to the BatmanUniverse.net and join the little Discord button on the sidebar. Uh, very friendly com- community, uh, always talking about podcasts, comics, movies, um, all the kinds of things. It's a great little community. And if you like that community, if you're already part of it, uh, you can support us. We have a bunch of affiliate links, and now that Amazon has stopped allowing in-app purchases, both for Comixology and Kindle and Amazon, um, you can uh, use our affiliate link even more easily, because you'll have to go through the browser anyway. And so if you click on the Amazon link on our support page... Uh, you'll a portion of the money will go to us and it doesn't cost you any more. So um, we also thank all of our patrons. If you join our Patreon at a certain level, we read your name in thanks every episode. And I will do that right now. So thank you to Lisa Slack, Ian Miller, Gerald Green, Joshua Lappenbertoni, Rob O, Tim Garassi, Robert Lewis, Stephanie Mounts, Tom Morgan Grant, Stanton's Grave, Donald Townsend, Ed Grouse, Captain America, Mary Garrett, Austin Davis, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Jessica Morales, and David Richards. Thank you all for helping us keep the show on the air. 
and for our archives. That's the big thing. Uh, this helps pay for our server costs. And I love the fact that we have such a huge archive going all the way back to 2009. So please uh, keep joining us. Um, I have been your host, Ian. This is Dev. And this is Theo. And we'll see you next time.